Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Big thank you and shout out to After Dark the Band. They are fantastic and you can find them on Spotify. If you loved the music in the 90s and they make you feel wholesome and happy, then you're going to love After Dark. They're such a great find. So I highly recommend going to uh, Spotify.com or whatever and looking for After Dark. They'll be the one with the trippy cover and the song Colors. Hello and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the fantastic Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager podcast. How are you today, Ben? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you, Tara? I am fantastic and so excited to talk to you. So we talked a little bit before and it uh, it's always it's always fun to talk to you. You're a very refreshing person to talk to. And uh, so I just wanted to to hear a little bit before we before we dive into anything. What uh what does the word happiness mean to you? <laughs> I've done a lot of thinking about that in the last several years. Um, actually, happiness. Um, happiness means contentment. I think a lot of it means safety. Mm-hmm. I think it means... Um, you know, I can give you the child the child answer of, you know, the the Winnipeg Jets winning the Stanley Cup. Okay, <laughs> but that's not real. Okay? <laughs> like my happiness should not, you know, you, your happiness should not be contingent on the actions of other people that aren't really in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. But I would say contentment. I would say safety. I, I would say um, whatever bliss is. I'm not even sure what that is. <laughs> oh, that's one of those words I can define it, but I can't define it. I get you. Know. you. <laughs> and uh, and it's interesting you say that because you actually mention uh, a lot of different kinds of happiness. Um, but I tend to agree. When I say happiness, I'm really using it as shorthand for contentment, contentment, contentment as well. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I uh, I just always love to hear what people think um, when when they hear that because interestingly enough, it's actually a word that almost everyone you talk to is using it differently, which is which is always bizarre to me. Um, so yeah. the next. The next question that I have for you is, would you say that you are not necessarily happy overall, but at your at a more happy point than you used to be? I'm in awe. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. I'm in awe. Uh, can I tell you why? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, okay. So I have a master's in history and I'm an expert in something called world systems theory. And I have a very, very deep understanding of of the human animal through time, which is what I think history is. Okay. And up until very recently, up until a year ago, a year and a couple of months ago, that and a cup, that and $9, would have gotten me a cup of coffee in this town. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
But now I have this podcast and, you know, I promote it on social media. I talk about it on Twitter. And believe it or not, I'm in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. <laughs> and it's just, it started out as a deep dive uh, in, in Span the Spanish flu and COVID-19, um, which, and I'm not just plugging my show. I'm I'm giving context here. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It's it's part of your life. I'm not I'm not worried. Through through no fault. I mean, not through no fault of my own. Because I'm because I was a researcher for years in in school in college. Because I was a researcher for years in in college. Because I wanted to be a PhD. I wanted to be a professor when I grew up. Ha ha ha. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, I researched COVID and I learned things about COVID and I, you know, um, I learned things about COVID and I would get these emails and these DMs, you know, from people thanking me for, for saving their lives, for saving their family's life. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, just, that is just, amazing. Just amazing. That, but, oh, sorry? When I said I was in awe, I'm in awe of that, of course. But the thing that I'm most in awe of is, okay, I'm a digital immigrant. I don't know if you know what that means. I really don't. Um, so I'm the last group of folks that was born before... Uh, the PC. Okay. Yep. But, okay. Before I guess the PC was, I remember being a child, a little small kid and telling my mother that I wanted to have a computer in my house. And my mom came back at me later and she said, she said she read somewhere that there were 500 PCs in the world. <laughs> I remember that. I totally remember that. That's wild. Wild. And here I am, I'm sitting in suburban Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm talking to you. And I, I mentioned my favorite sports team yesterday, <laughs> or today. And Yesterday I released a podcast um, where I talked about how the Atlanta Thrashers used to be, you know, the, the Winnipeg Jets used to be the Atlanta Thrashers. And I, okay. I talked on a podcast with this young man who runs a, a huge podcast and he had no idea how huge it was but he runs a huge podcast and we talked about my, our love for the same team and here we are thousands of miles apart <laughs> and it just but it occurred to me after I got off or after I left the, that conversation um, it occurred to me that this is an age of man. This is a different age of man now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't mean man, like just men, like we're, no, I get you. I get you people. I mean, people, humans. I mean, think about it. I can have a conversation with this person thousands of miles away from me. And I can have conversations with you and, and I've talked to this one man in Connecticut more than I've talked to my best friend. 
<laughs> in the last year. And I don't know, it just occurred to me, like, how much longer is it going to be before people start meeting these people physically? Because I don't think it's going to be that much longer. <laughs> you know? I, I do, actually. So, like, um, just, just quickly, just to give you a little bit of context with my stories, I actually, like, my whole life was transformed by a different podcast, not this one, the Bad Christian Podcast, if anyone's wondering. Um and they have a community around their podcast. And in February of 2019, I think, um, I met like 100 people that I'd only known online. And it was the most bizarre feeling because you like, you know, you see pictures of them, but you don't know how short someone is or how tall someone is. And, and it's a really bizarre thing because you're able to build a relationship with people that aren't contingent on basically all the things that relationships traditionally were built on right like I mean even even like not just like you know you you judge someone by the way they look and but you also judge someone by the way that they smell or by the way that they walk or all sorts of things and it's not that that's a bad thing but it's really interesting to have a method of basically surpassing those initial checks and building relationships and then sort of coming into yeah. the, that physically later and realizing that the person that you've met well is the same person isn't isn't how you imagined them isn't how your brain filled in the details the funny so. thing is like the funny thing is like tomorrow morning unless i cancel it i might have a podcast with a woman in singapore and i've had this podcast with her before and now it's a radio show oh that's fun so I'm on the, but I've talked to her way more than people I actually know <laughs> to the point where I have to start thinking, how do I, when we say no, like mm -hmm. K-N-O-W, what does that even mean in 2021? Yeah, <laughs> that's you know? a Good point. That's a good point. And I find like I'm always trying to find delicate ways to like phrase it. Because like if I say like they're my friend in real life, that feels like an implication that my online friends aren't real, you know? <laughs> so I think online and offline lately, but I'm sure it'll change again. And yeah, how do you know? You know, how, how do you determine when you know someone? That's a good question. Do you have an answer for it? Well, I have a friend who I started reconnecting with. We met in college. We were in the same class in college. Okay. And he works for the local transit authority. Okay. And for some, for some reason, I had to call him about his job. You know, I, I waited till he was uh, off work or whatever, or I thought he'd be off work. I hadn't spoken to him in years, but I needed to know a question. He didn't know an answer. And I, I took a chance that, you know, he had the same phone number, which he did. Nice. And we went pretty quickly from acquaintance to really good friend. And the way that happened was we'd had a common experience. Mm -hmm. We'd had a very, very common experience. We'd had a common experience that a lot of people don't have. Like a lot of homo sapiens don't have this common experience. Okay, yeah. But so I was talking to him about mine and he was talking to him. 
me about his. And we, I, <coughs> I don't want to say we bonded over that, but, you know, we kind of did, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and and that makes sense to me. I mean, I think that I think that that's pretty much pretty much the basis of all relationships is is common experience, common even common goals never really seem to do it. Like I've definitely met a lot of people who I have common goals with, but the relationship just wasn't there because we don't have that same like I want to say like breadth of experience, but not necessarily breadth, but like the same like foundation foundation on which we build our understanding yeah. of the world yeah there's a there's a line in mash the show mash nice there, there's a line in mash where somebody where one of the main characters i don't even remember who the characters were that said this but one of the main characters said another one they said well we can always meet up after the war and he said what would we do go to dinner <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but I that makes sense. But, yeah. but you know, like <laughs> what what would we do? It's like I I don't know if I told you this, but when I was first in college, there was a thing that happened in my co- while I was in college. There was a my first three or four years of college were very very non typical. Okay, there was some non typical situations going on that were far outside of any uh, any of our control. And to this day, we talk about that, even as adults. Mm-hmm. And But now a lot of these people have kids, and a lot of them have wives and or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, you know, whatever. They partnered up or whatever. And if the partner doesn't come from that experience, they don't. A lot of times they think the person is lying. Mm-hmm. didn't happen and so you'll go out to eat with some of these people and they'll bring their kids and it's like whole segment there's whole 45 minute stretches where we have to talk in code you know or not talk about it at all because Mm -hmm. this little five-year-old doesn't need to know about x y and z yet you know blah blah yeah and it's just kind of like you have this bond with these people that you made 20 something years ago, but you can't really take it. And a lot of times you can't really take it beyond that. <laughs> yeah. That's an, that's an interesting, interesting you know? thought. And it makes me think of, and, and <clears throat> maybe we can sort of elaborate a little bit on, on this idea um, or your, your thoughts on it, but it makes me think of this quote I heard a long time ago where they said, Friends for, okay, I don't remember the exact quotes, but it's it's basically friends for some, for uh, like a, a short period of time, friends for life, um, and basically it was talking about like how there's different types of friendships, and gosh, I wish I could remember the quote. <laughs> it would be so much more succinct than this. Um, but basically, basically the idea is that we have these different friends and not all friends are meant to stay in our lives forever. Like the mash thing that you were talking about. And some friends are really very situational friends. Some friends you can not talk to for 20 years and pick up. And, and, and it really begs that question that you asked originally is, is how 
do we know, like, how do we count when we know someone? I don't know if you've ever had that situation where you're like a friend. Well, I don't know if I can really call them a friend and acquaintance, but acquaintance sounds cold. You know, I've had that. I've had that thought all all year long because of my podcast. Mm -hmm. I've had that. Maybe not. I've had it before this, but now it's like every, uh, now it's like several times a week. And finally I had to tell somebody the other day, yesterday, I had to say, okay, I'm moving you to the friend phone. <laughs> I, I have a virtual work phone and, a, and like a normal friend phone number. And I was like, okay, I'm moving you to the friend phone number. <laughs> we're not, <laughs> we're now friends. Cross the threshold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, and actually, you know, since we're on the topic, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your thoughts on on this, and that is, you know, some friendships for sure. I've come to notice some friendships are very like people will say like, oh, a relationship should be two sided, but of course, that's not always doable. It's not always available to people. Um, yeah. I recently had a social situation where it was sort of a built in friend from a different relationship that I had and it was, you know, um, my partner's friend and her and I talk lots and she's, she's a nice girl. Um, but the question of, you know, um, sort of balance really isn't there. And so it's been on my mind a lot of like, I consider her a friend because I go, you know, I try to go out of my way for her. I try to help her in whatever ways I can and stuff like that. But there's, there's really not a lot of reciprocation. Now, the reason for that is because, you know, her her life has a lot of chaos and she has a lot of struggles and like she doesn't owe me anything, so it doesn't bother me. But I guess that's a question that I have for you is like, you know, do you feel like friendships need to be reciprocal? Do you worry about being taken advantage of any of that kind of stuff? Friendships need to be reciprocal. Honestly, uh, friendships absolutely need to be reciprocal. I mean, um, and you have to, I mean, you, you know, when being an adult is different from being in your twenties, right? I mean, you're, (laughs) you're an adult in your twenties, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, it's not like you have to hang out every week or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you know, like, I have friends that are very good friends that I, I might text once a month and I have friends that are very good friends and we talk literally almost every day. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I think it needs to be reciprocal because if it's not being reciprocal, then, then it's like, you're the, you're the bartender. You're the, you know, you're the person at Best Buy who can't really leave. And, (laughs) you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do totally hear you. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So I guess that leads me to another question about you. I'm just, uh, you know, definitely wanting to get you get to know you more. <laughs> um, so, uh, so like you, you talking about, okay, so you've got a lot of a lot of uh, different kinds of friends, same way that we were talking before. Um, were you always like that? Were you always a very social person, or was that something that you needed to develop over time? Or I, maybe... Oh, go ahead. Was I always a social person? 
was I always a social person? Um, okay, this is going to sound funny, but like in high school, I got to lead two different lives because I, I was the nerd. Mm -hmm. But then I had this whole other set of friends and a whole other situation that I was the goaltender for this team. And we won the city championship like, oh God, let me remember. Okay, from the time I was 12 to the time I was 19, it's almost like I, I had an appointment for the finals. Okay. For the handball finals, you know? It's almost like in August, you just knew, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to the finals this year. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it wasn't bragging. It was like, oh, you know. It was a knowing. It was, yeah, and it, I, don't mean, I don't mean to say like it was annoying, but it was like, a, like you just, I just expected it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, really just you know, and I didn't really until I was like twenty eight or twenty nine did I really have to confront the idea that most people don't get to have most. First of all, most people don't aren't city champions, and <laughs> those that are are only that once. Mm -hmm. Here I was all these other times. And I just, you know, whatever. But so these, these people depended on me. Like this team depended on me being a goaltender. So it's like I had these two different lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just, <laughs> you just know, and oh. yeah, I was still the nerd, but they mm -hmm. put up with it. And just to, just to clarify, I said a knowing, not annoying. Just just so you know, I wasn't calling you yeah. annoying. <laughs> well, I, I, sounded anno I sounded like I was annoyed when I thought, oh, okay, well, when is the championship? Oh, that's, okay, that's in um, <laughs> December. Okay, sure. Okay, let's put it, literally, it would be on the family calendar. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, that's really really cool, and I mean, especially at such such a young age, I feel like, I feel like when yeah. I was that age, I wasn't really confident in anything, yeah. Um, yeah. and it kind of leads to the idea of manifestation, which is such a fun and complicated idea. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, you manifest the world around you. Well, yeah, and and it's I, I believe that it's fascinating to me how people treat the idea of manifestation as such a I want to say spiritual or ethereal type thing when it's like if we if we break down very very simple well-known um ideas about the brain like the fact that we filter things you know like like that the brain's filtering things out and stuff like that it's it's not mystical at all and it's so bizarre to me no. that it's considered so mystical well so when I was in film school um, before I before I wanted to become a professor when I grew up, I, I was in film school. <laughs> and when I was in film school, I learned the most fascinating thing about the human body I've ever learned. Ooh. That you're the center of your field of vision. The ocular nerve attaches to your eyeball in the center of your field of vision. So when you look straight ahead, you shouldn't be seeing that. Oh, that that's literally what you're looking at when you're looking dead ahead is literally the brain interp 
interpreting what should be there. So filling in the gaps. Exactly. And it's a huge gap. I mean, honestly, it's like a huge gap. Oh, and that's bizarre. No, it is. It's bizarre as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, I learned that in film school. And I just, damn, that's so crazy. Well, yeah, and it's it's such, I mean, to me, like, um, you know, on the topic of well-being and happiness, to me, and I know everybody's different, but the most beneficial thing to me all, like, all around in my in my enjoyment of life is is starting to learn these types of things around, about the brain, you know, and starting to understand that, whoa, we may not have control over what comes in, but we have a crazy amount of control in how we accept it and read it. You know, true, true. Like if, you know, if you run a bakery and you're delivered a bunch of flour, you can turn that into a whole bunch of different stuff. So yeah. I just think that that's that's really really cool. Um, and and that optical thing that's so cool. And I wish I understood it better, but I don't. <laughs> well, I don't have a cranial. I don't. You know, I don't have a craniologist education. I just read that in a book in, in film class one day, and I was like, that that's. That's insane. And so um, the relevance in film class, I'm, I'm really curious, is it basically to like, you know, like you can get away with X amount or like what's, how's that related to film? You can't, everything's an illusion. Mm. Everything you're seeing is literally an illusion. Like you can feel that you can literally feel with your hands and that's real, but you, okay. You and I experience the color, every color except the color white as in white on a sheet of paper or white mm -hmm. on a white t-shirt that's never been washed, not white on a wall or white on a car or whatever, but white on a sheet of paper or white on a t-shirt. Right. Mm -hmm. You and I experience every color except those two instances of white completely differently. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't know that. Yeah. Or, like, like we yeah. could, we could by comp complete sheer happenstance be two of the only people that see it the exact same way. And there's no way to measure it. Well, like you'd see, okay. So I've got a, I've got a red thing in front of me, right? I've got a red thing in front of me. Mm -hmm. And you and I, if you were in this room with me, you and I could be looking at the exact same thing. And we both generally agree that that's red. Yeah. The difference would be in what your version of red is versus what my version of red is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. where you really see that is when like, so when you have to color correct, you're like fire, just, you just say to somebody, fire engine red, make that fire engine red. Well, okay, well, it is. No, it's not, knucklehead. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I think the thing that's so fascinating about how we've come to understand color this way is how much that applies to, like, just everything. Um, you know, like, I, I, I'm often fascinated by how two people can have the same conversation and walk away with a different message, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And and it's just, and, and like I said, I find it very freeing. I know that some people might find that overwhelming. Yeah. But like to me, it's very freeing to know that it really doesn't matter as much as we like to think it does. The, you know, getting everything perfect and the details perfect just doesn't really matter that much because someone's going to read it differently yeah. anyways. Well, that's the, so I, I wanted to, the thing I've learned in this year and several months of talking to folks about COVID is perspective. You know, like, so I talked to somebody who, like, their business had failed because their their business partners were all in a coma. Mm-hmm. And she had to take in their kids. And her husband lost his arm from COVID, from a blood clot from COVID. Oh, man. And she was like, I, I don't know what to do. She told me, I don't know what to do. And so here I was, you know, like everybody else, quote, stuck at home, unquote. But I was like, no, no, I'm safe. I'm okay. I can get food. I live in a big enough city that I can order food. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is just something to get through. And I remembered, so I used to interview people and I remembered I spoke to this fella, this older fella who spent, I forget how many years in a cave escaping the Nazis. Oh my goodness. But he's a child and he spent years, not a couple of years, like several years in a cave escaping the Nazis. And I thought, okay, you, you know, this problem that you have, this is not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's an inconvenience. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and it interestingly, like, like that really applies in a lot of areas. I think that there's a lot that could be worse. (laughs) Um, And that a lot of people like as much as like the whole could be worse thing. Like, I think we've talked before because we've talked a little bit um, outside of, out of podcasting. Um, But, you know, as much as it could be worse has potential for, for danger. It also is, is really, really encouraging to see what humans can handle, you know, and make it out the other side Uh functionally. Like that's incredible. Yeah. I uh, I'm I, always fascinated by yeah. stories of the Holocaust. I should say that the man. I mean, not that it matters, but the man who talked to me grew up to become a doctor. Even though he spent several years hanging out in a cave. <laughs> wow. You know? He grew yeah. up to become a doctor. <laughs> like that's so incredible. The the power that resides within us. And I the think the willpower. Well, and I mean, and it goes so much to, 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 to like in my mind, at least it goes so much beyond like willpower, just even like the power of, for example, you know, like there's the willpower and how much we can accomplish, but there's also like the tiny things that we feel like don't make any difference. Like this, this lady one time donated $20 to the vet that I went to and it ended up, you know, say like allowing me to keep my cat. I have no idea who that lady is, but for the rest, like for, for $20, she's literally changed my life and therefore changed the life of anyone whose life I've changed. Like that is power. 
That is huge. Yeah. yeah. And that's something like being a podcaster, you know. Mm-hmm. I, my voice is heard all over the world. It's so bizarre, right? It, it's just so insane. Not in a bad way. It, it's just so like, so when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to, I'm going to probably finish the coffee, maybe order some lunch, and then go back to looking at this podcast collection I've got on my computer. And I'm going to put one on the internet by tonight. And I mean, when you think about, like, I'm in the ten, the top 10% of podcasts in the world. So people are going to hear this conversation with somebody or whatever. And it's just like, Jesus. Yeah. It's so It's just so humbling. I mean, and, you know, and that's the other thing is like, you know, the, the education that I have gotten by talking to regular folks, because I talk to experts, I do, but I mm-hmm. love talking to regular people. The education that I have gotten in this year and several months, you would not believe some of the challenges that exist in this world. I mean, maybe you would, but some of the challenges are just like, wow, we got we got some serious issues <laughs> coming up, <laughs> coming, you know, like, like you'll you'll be able to work from your bedroom anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. But you know, so in America, in the United States, like, how do you get healthcare out of that? Yeah. Um, or you know, like. There's a, I mean, and you think about, so I'm telling people, I was, I was at a game night last night and I'm saying to the, to the fellas, I'm like, we're going to have a real, we're going to have a commercial real estate crash. Like, no, we're not. Yeah. No, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm not predicting it. I'm not just bullshitting here. I'm, I'm telling you. Because when these people figure out that they can work from home, they're going to work from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, and I mean, like like I said, yeah, like I think one, one of the things that you said at the very beginning, so just kind of circling back about, you know, being in an historic time, that it couldn't be more true. I'm acutely aware of it. And, you know, the, the whole humbling thing too, like I actually looked at my podcast as well, and it's also in the top 10%. And that's bizarre. And to know that we're being heard in a time that is very likely to be remembered between the pandemic and the age of the internet and everything that's gone on it's, it's a little overwhelming yeah. for me personally, to be honest. It, it, it's sometimes I literally sit like I had this expert or no, I had this woman who told me her life story mm-hmm. in 30 minute increments. And I haven't released it yet, but hopefully I will. She's got to listen to it first, but um, hopefully I will. But when I got off from doing that, I was like, oh, my God, people are going to hear this. But that, that, I, like, had this feeling, like, the, like an inner knowing, like mm-hmm. thousands of years from now, 
somebody's going to hear about her eating a McDonald's in this place. And that was her first meal in America. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, and like I said, it, it really calls back to that power and that, you know, that, and and then, like I said, it's scary, but at the same time, what a time to be alive, you know, you know, that song, uh, bent by, uh, Ben Harper, blessed be a witness. Oh, I'm not sure that I do. Is it, I'm, I'm not sure what genre that is. Ben Harper. He's like a folk singer. Okay. Okay. Anyways, Google it. Go YouTube it up later. It it exists. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> but I I think about that song every day now. Like literally every day. I just think, oh my god, I'm a, I'm alive during this astonishing time. Like just an astonishing time to be alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about. I mean, I'm a historian by training. You think about how a hundred, well, 150 years ago, which is nothing in terms of human history, people were walking or riding horses. And that was our mode of communication. Now I can talk to you and you're in a whole other country, thousands of miles away from me in real time. Mm-hmm. And this is going to go out over the internet and people are going to hear it. You know? <sighs> yes. Yes, I do. It's like I said, I mean, maybe you don't feel the same way I do, but I find it very overwhelming when I think too much about it. <laughs> I don't find it overwhelming at all. I, I find it. I find it amazing. Yes. I also, I, uh, I, I waffle back and forth. <laughs> no, it's not overwhelming for me. It's, it's very, um, I literally thought last night or the night before last, after I had that conversation with that person about our favorite hockey team, mm-hmm. I wondered, and the, the thought I had was, when did the people who put the wild grass in the ground and grew the grass for like on purpose, when did they realize this was going to work? And this was going to be permanent. And this was going to change the world. <laughs> or or did they and, even? Yeah, I know they did. I mean, you can look at the archaeological evidence and see that. You can literally look at the archaeological evidence and see pretty quickly that the people doing it realized it was going to change the world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, what? A, okay, okay, that's such a trip. Um, before, no, it, it, history oh, is a tri- history is a trip. It, both, yeah. both mentally and whatever, but psych- yeah. both psychically and mentally, it's a, it's a trip. <laughs> oh man! Um, so before we move on to our super fun game, um, can you let people know a little bit more about the History Voyager podcast and where they can find you and get yeah. some of this yeah. amazing trip with you? Yes, uh, it's called the History Voyager. Um, you can find it uh, on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, Stitcher got fixed, I think, mostly. Uh, I'm on uh, Amazon Music. I'm on. Let me think. Pandora. If 
Pandora. I think I'm on Pandora, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> uh, but I'm on a lot of stuff. I'm li- I'm legit on. I'm on Audible. I'm on. Uh, I literally took an. A- That's the other thing. I took the whole thing. All this spreading around literally took an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Five hours, and I was all, all over the web. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at Ben's Charlie. That's B-E-N-S, Charlie, like C-H-A-R-L-I-E. Um, I, like I said, top 10% in the world uh, in terms of podcasting. Apparently, I'm number 15 on the Spanish flu in any language. Wow. On Earth. Well, Spanish flu and COVID as well on Earth. Um it's deeply, deeply humbling to have this podcast and to to talk. And now, okay, now I've pivoted away from the history stuff mainly to talk just to talk to normal people to try and get an oral history of our time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, and to me, like that's one of the coolest concepts um, ever that yeah. I've heard of is is basically to record the world as it is from a simple point of view for posterity. For future historians, like that's a beautiful concept. Well, imagine, I mean, imagine, and the, the concept is imagine being a pod, being able to be a podcaster and going up to this man who has just figured out, hey, this whole like growing wheat in this field, this is going to work. You know, my, yeah, <laughs> you know, before it was an accident, but now this is going to work. Imagine being able to talk to somebody about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, that's very, very cool. And so I will, of course, include everything in the show notes um, or description. Uh, and so people I'll, will I'll send reach it. you. Yeah, I'll send it to you. And then uh, from there, are you ready to play a game where you guess Gen Z slang? It's only a few. Oh, Sure. <laughs> play a game. All right. All right. So what does the term bet mean to Gen Z? Yes. Uh, more or less. It's a term of agreement. So, agreement. So like, are we still on tonight? Bet. Yeah. I'm not Gen yeah, Z, okay. so I'm not super great at using it. Um, what does cap or no cap mean? Yeah. Uh... The only other time I've ever heard it used is uh, either A, shooting somebody, or B, like a, a soccer. Like you you, uh, you had a soccer game. Like you, you played in a soccer game. So okay, it's got yeah. to be one of those two. It's it's actually not, but I hear you with the soccer thing. Our uh, The soccer team here in BC is called the Whitecaps. So yeah. that sounds true, but it actually means yeah. lie. So if I were to say like, I saw a fish that was three feet long, no cap, that would mean I'm not even lying, which I find fascinating. I love, That's, I love Gen Z. They're so interesting. How um, they arrive at that? No idea. <laughs> I, I just kind of, I just kind of like observe from the sidelines thinking, oh, I wish we were right. cool when I was that age. Um, All right. Okay, so what does it mean to say that you've been ghosted? Oh, I know this one. Um, 
they left you hanging. More or less. It means that they have completely disappeared from your life altogether. No it was contact. Sudden, it, was, it was suddenly, right? It was mm-hmm. all, there wasn't any like, you know, I'm leaving. It was like a yeah, it's a relationship right. that suddenly stops as if the person died. Okay. Um, all right, we're gonna do two more. What does pressed mean? Oh, oh. Uh, use it in a sentence. No, I'm playing. <laughs> um pressed. Like pressed for time. Um no, it's gotta be something like you look nice. It's gotta be like that, right? It, it actually means to be upset. So if I said like, uh, like, you're like, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late. And I say, it's okay, I'm not pressed about it. That would mean no big deal. I'm not worried about it. Oh, okay, okay. And the last and maybe least, who knows, would be what does it mean to say stan as a verb? Okay, this is funny. I know this. Um <laughs> So there's a rapper, and his name is Eminem. Yeah. Or his stage name is Eminem. Mm-hmm. And he has he had a song um, with Dido. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew a guy who was a man, okay? I don't know what the hell happened to his, what, what was up with his voice. But he could do a perfect rendition of Dido from Sting. Oh. Which is how I remember that. <laughs> and it was it was literally like funny but also beautiful mm-hmm. it's you know a beautiful song like, yeah it, but it was funny it was like how did you it's a tiny British lady and you're this big <laughs> big dude from West Virginia how did this happen <laughs> what happened but um it's where so Stan is a was a uh, uh, a mentally what would be the the politically correct term. Um, Stan was a um, psychologically had, troubled. <laughs> he was a psychologically troubled person who thought that he had a relationship with Eminem that he did mm-hmm. not have. And he basically, through the course of the song, Eminem realizes that he that this deranged fan killed his girlfriend. Um to, to quote be with Eminem, um, mm-hmm. unquote. Now, interestingly, Eminem, that is Marshall Mathers, mm-hmm. uh, has always claimed that Stan was real. That was the real sequence of letters. He oh. has always he has always maintained that. Um, but when I saw these, it was like on a, the same day that the Gen Z had a meeting and found out about Stan and so Stan <laughs> like found out about the song and what they took from that was Stan <laughs> <laughs> which is okay but it's a deranged uh you're 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 a fan of something to the point of derangement yes so yeah it's super fandom um yeah, and, yeah and it's okay so interesting the way that it's used as a verb like I stan Eminem is just a strange sentence to me but of course you know, um, and yeah. and yeah, I actually have seen Eminem live, um, but did not know yeah. did not know that he uh, that it was claimed to be real. So that's that's very he has he has always maintained for years and years, like even now, he ma- has maintained for forever that Stan was a real person. The name wasn't real, but of course, yeah, this was a real si- situation that really happened over a period of time. 
That is, uh, that's terrifying. Bizarre and terrifying. <laughs> Um, you know, and that's that's the cool thing about now is like these artists, you know, they can you can be on Twitter with them or Instagram and you can have um, some artist be like, hey, like I'm not marrying blah, 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 you know, yada, yada, yada. Stop it. Like, don't. And, you know, by, you know, by the way, if you're trying to, you know, what I'm saying like they can communicate for real mm-hmm. and you see how they're just. They might have more money than you, but they're... The stars are people, too. (laughs) Yeah, they're just real people. Yeah, I just always think of those magazines that say, uh, stars, they're just like us. (laughs) It's it's just, it's always funny to me. Because it's like, yeah, of course, they're people. But anyways, anyways, that's a whole thing. Um, Is there anything you wanted to add before we uh, close out? Um, Did I want to add something? Um, Well, other than the fact... That we live in an era of reinvention, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to say I don't think the old ways are going to work anymore. Like the old modalities, the old pathways, I don't think that's going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we're literally building a new society. That we are, <laughs> and. You know, but I'll I'll send you the link to my show and and an email or something. And all right, well, thank you so so much, Ben, for coming on the show today. And I am I'm always happy to talk to you. And to my audience, please don't forget that you can always rate, review, or share on any of your socials. And thank you very much for listening today. I love you. Bye.